Hey, Matt. Hey, Z. I was thinking today that I would probably get into fewer altercations on the road if my car just had a whoops, my bad signal on it. Whoa, that's not a bad idea. Do you want to sit down and hash it out? Well, I really wanted to call Lubemobile, but I guess you'll be... Acceptable company. Hey, Hello. welcome back. Thank you very much for tuning in once again. Okay, so we're going to kick things off. We're talking about de-aging slash bringing back the likeness of dead actors for movies. So um, I suppose we'll start with the Marvel movies in general. I've been quite notorious for doing flashback scenes and de-aging some of the actors. So Robert Downey Jr., Michael Douglas, Samuel L. Jackson, they've all been de-aged for certain movies that mm-hmm. were set in the past. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the only people to do it. It's, it's happened all across Hollywood. It's happened all across the movie sphere. There's de-aging in Terminator. They've de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger, Johnny Depp in the latest parts of the Caribbean movie. Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher in the Star Wars movies. Very good. <laughs> um, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro in The Irishman. It's, it's, it's just become rampant. Spoilers for The Mandalorian. Um, they de-aged Mark Hamill to bring Luke Skywalker back. So it's, been, it's quite a common practice. There's also the option of bringing back deceased actors to mm-hmm. play a role. So um, my biggest example is in the movie Rogue One, which is a Star Wars movie. Seen it. Excuse me? I've seen all the new Star Wars ones. All the Disney Star Wars. Wow. Mm, didn't know that about me. No. Didn't know you were cool. <laughs> so Rogue One, do you know which one it is? Um, is that the one where there was like a cylinder in the middle and they were like climbing to... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that it one? actually yeah, was yeah. that one. Mm. I thought you were describing the Death Star for a second. No. I'm like, oh, no. no, no, that is the one. Yeah. So Moff Tarkin was played by Peter Cushing in the original Star Wars movie back in 77. And he has unfortunately died since then. But because this movie was set around the same time frame and because it was based around the Death Star, which Moff Tarkin was basically in charge of, they brought the character back. They used a, a body double, someone that was replicating the way he moved, his body language, all that sort of thing. And they used CGI to, to basically bring back his face. Now, my point is, it gets rather complicated. I believe his um, his estate gave permission for this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, where does this end? Technology is only getting better and better. There is still that uncanny valley effect. Have you heard of that term before? No. The uncanny valley is basically when something is really, really real, but you can tell it's not quite real. So a CGI face, for example, where the eyes don't look quite right. When something's so close to being real, but for some reason, the human mind can tell a difference. Okay. And that's the uncanny valley. Right. Um, another popular example is Paul Walker in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Um, died before finishing the whichever the final film was, and they brought mm-hmm. him back. I believe they used his brother as the body double, mm-hmm. and they brought him back um, via CGI. Yeah, they're quite the uncanny. It's just it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, that I mean, they've come so far. The de aging technology, for example, is is basically flawless in some of the Marvel movies, and it's only going to get better. I think there was a drink commercial, and they brought back Bruce Lee mm. to star in the commercial. Who's who's in charge of this? Who's giving permissions? Who's where's when's it stop? Mm. How many people can they bring back that have died to star in movies again? Yeah. When you were talking about that, what came to mind was indicating if you're an organ donor or not. And maybe like when you die, <laughs> you can say, I give permission to be reproduced in some way or not. Famous actors go on the record of saying, I well, do not, not want actors, to anyone. You star know, if after I'm dead. Anyone, if you submit your DNA to Ancestry.com or 23andMe or whatever those things are, there's fine print that says that they own your DNA essentially and they can do what they want with it. What? What are they going to do with my DNA? I don't know. Clone you. Oh. 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be a good thing? I don't know, but you know, like police, like governments have your fingerprint or your DNA, DNA, yeah, on record. These people own your DNA, so therefore they could do something with it. Like as much as I want to find out if I have unknown ethnicities within me, I'm too scared to give my DNA away. Okay. Because I don't want them to clone me. We're off the topic a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, so basically, it's okay. I think we should indicate before we pass away whether we give permission or not. What What is your opinion on on the de aging technology? It really depends on the purpose that it's being used for. Let's say it's a franchise that you worked on, Star Wars, for instance. Sure. Fine. You were already kind of in that anyway. What if they use your likeness as an ad for a particular political belief or something like that? Mm. And they can use your personality or your following mm-hmm. to sway thoughts and beliefs. They could. And it, it, it's, of course, it's totally out of your hands at that point. It's it's your estate. It's whoever's in charge of your likeness. And I don't even, I don't know who that falls down to, but I mean, are people's rights to their likeness and mm. their and their personalities and their fame going to be attributed to studios in the future? Universal Studios owns the rights to, you know, Al Pacino after he's gone. Mm. Like, how is that? I feel like it should be something that's in your will. Oh, God. See, that's the thing. We're getting into such strange territory. Yeah, but the, the whole concept of the internet and technology is evolving and we're going to always have to constantly keep up with it in law. Yeah, yeah. well, you're right. It, as Technology is improving at an incredible rate and... No one predicted, no one knows the direction technology is going. And you're right. We're just, we're basically catching, we're playing catch up because we've already got, we've already got these things existing. There's already dead people playing characters on our screens. And yeah, they they would have had to make up laws or legislation to to govern that, to stop it happening, like you said, for ill intent. But Mm. I know it's crazy. And I don't understand why they wouldn't just recast people. It, It feels to me like it'd be a cheaper, easier exercise. And I think... They're drawing on nostalgia. They are, but I, I think people are going to accept that. It's not the first franchise that's had to recast somebody. No, but they are selling tickets based on the fact that they can reproduce this person that people think so fondly of. Mm. New new nobody is not going to sell as much as old legend. You're the target market. You're buying the tickets because they've done this. To be fair, I didn't know Luke Skywalker was going to be in that, The Mandalorian, but... I definitely was quite excited to see him appear. But you will tell other people about it and then they'll want to watch it. Oh, heck yeah, I will. For risk of spoilers and things. But 100%. And, and the technology is amazing. Convincing, yeah. <laughs> Convincing, for, for the most part. I mean, Luke was kind of a bit stilted and a bit, how's your father? But it's damn close. I can imagine. Yeah, it's just it's something I've been thinking about. It's such a weird, such a weird world we live in now where... Have you heard of deep fakes? This is ringing a bell, but also yeah. it sounds like something that could be not safe for work. Uh, look, it depends on how we word it. Okay. <laughs> But basically, you're right. It started as a as a way to put, let's say, celebrities onto adult actors mm-hmm. in adult videos. Got it. Right. So you can have you know famous celebrities doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but people have been using deepfake to de-age people to put actors into other roles. Let's say we take Luke Skywalker for example. They'll take a whole bunch of his images from when he was that age, and the AI will extrapolate them all and, and put them all in and, and kind of fill in the gaps with CGI so that they create a convincing Luke Skywalker that they can put over a, a young talent's face. And it's, it's technology that's relatively easily available. And what a world we live in. What a time to be alive. Or not and still be a star in a movie. Mm, true. What a time to be dead or alive, but still starring in a movie. <laughs> Uh, that just goes to show that there's not much of a chance for you and me to break it into Hollywood now that they're they're recasting dead people. Gosh darn it. <laughs> so Matt, 
I wanted to talk to you about specific memories that might have stuck with you for a long time or for your whole life. Mm. Um, you know how like we can't remember, you know, what we had for breakfast, but some things that happened when we were kids stick with us for a long time and kind of guide the way that you think or shape your opinion on a particular topic. Do you have any memories that kind of guide your direction? I, I've been sitting here thinking of what I can remember. And I think a lot of really deep seated core memories are rooted in some sort of strong emotion, normally pain or sadness or mm. fear or something. Most of the memories I can think of when I was young was me getting hurt or in trouble. Mm. I don't know if there's any life lessons to learn apart from don't run into a couch and break your foot. I guess they're all lessons, but not so in the sense that they've made me who I am, I think. Mm. For me, I don't know why, one thing that's always stuck with me is when I was in kindergarten, and you know when you have a buddy when you're in kindergarten, you get buddied up with someone in year six? Sure. This buddy of mine and her friend wanted to have a running race with their buddies, us, kindergarten kids, on their backs, like piggybacking them. And they wanted to jump over these silver seats, like a row of them, like hurdles. And I was really scared. I was like, I don't want to go. You're going to drop me. She's like, I won't drop you. I won't drop you. I promise. And she was in year six, which when you're in kindergarten is... They're like huge. Yeah, huge. They're, They're adults. So I trusted her and get on her back and they're jumping over these seats. And of course... She trips over one and we both fall. And I'm there crying because my knee's grazed. And she says to me, I'm hurt too. Like something along the lines of, you know, yeah, you're hurt, but I'm hurt too. And in my head, I was thinking, I told you you would drop me. Like, I'm never going to say that to somebody. Yeah. Well, I hate being picked up by people. I hate being carried. So you think even now, this one event shaped your fear of being picked up? Totally. I mean, like if it's just being picked up and if they drop me, I can still land on my feet. That's fine. But like I was at a festival once and this dude was like, oh, get on my shoulders. And I wanted to because I wanted the better view. But I said no, because he was going to drop me in my head. Interesting. Mm. I remember I had a memory where our school used to have like fates or fairs mm. and my our mom gave us like, you know, money to spend at this fair. Would have been, I don't know, a couple of bucks. And I bought a Catwoman figurine to go with my Batman figurine at home. Mm-hmm. And I lent it to my sister for safekeeping mm. and she went into a haunted house, which I was in line for. And then I remember a hand slammed up against the glass and I'm like, nope, I'm out of here. And I jumped out of the... And then um, someone like, I don't know if they rolled my sister in the haunted house, but somehow my Catwoman's toy got stolen. (laughs) (laughs) And nothing else. I can't remember anything else about this fair or ever being in one or whatnot of being in in the haunt. But I'll always remember losing that Catwoman figurine to my sister in the haunted house. Who do you blame? In the end, I should have just kept the Catwoman (laughs) because the safest hands are my own. Yeah, exactly. So that's your life lesson, right? (laughs) Things are safer don't, with me. Don't, don't rely on anybody. Exactly. And mine's don't trust anyone to pick you up. To pick you up. Um, another memory that I've got, for some reason that's just stuck with me forever, is I was like in primary school and it was lunchtime. And for some reason, we're all sitting in this one area for lunch. Maybe it was raining. I'm not sure. And the teacher was going around inspecting everyone's lunch. And my parents would always pack lunch for me. And it just so happened that this one day, I forgot to take my lunch from the kitchen i just forgot but it didn't really matter because i threw my lunch away every day anyway it was like (laughs) i was one of those anyway so it didn't matter because i wasn't starving or anything i wasn't wishing that i did have lunch when i didn't sure no biggie anyway the teacher asks me uh, where my lunch is and i said oh it's okay i just i just forgot it today it's fine i'm not hungry 
I guess I can understand now in retrospect, but at the time I didn't understand why she made such a big deal about it. And she called my dad or my parents and they both worked in the city. I went to school in Blacktown. So, you know, distance. Yeah. Um, to tell them that I didn't bring lunch and it wasn't their fault because they packed lunch for me. I'm the one that forgot it. And my dad from the city took the train back to Blacktown, bought me McDonald's, came, dropped it off to me. Wasn't angry or anything. My dad's the best. Wasn't angry, just knew, you know, this is just part of being your dad. Handed it to me. I was so, like, sorry. And he was so, like, fine about it. Outwardly fine. And took the train back to work into the city. Just to drop the lunch off to me. Couldn't the teacher have, like, bought you something? I know. Yeah. Totally dumb. I did not get it then and I still don't get it now, the logic behind that. But I guess they do have to do their due diligence in terms of making sure that the parents are feeding their kids. But I wasn't complaining about it. I wasn't even hungry. I didn't care. But she forced him to. And he did it without any stress. Like, So your takeaway from this experience is... My dad's the best. Yeah, and and you know, leaving a ho- leaving your, your food at home sometimes isn't bad because you get McDonald's. Yeah, I guess. Funny you say that because I now that we're delving into memories, I remember my mom used to help at the school a lot for like excursions and mm. things. And like you, I used to throw out my lunch. Mm. And stupidly, I um I must have been in year three or something, and she's you know giving me a hug goodbye, and I've ran off. And but just before this, I've hidden a, the sandwich. I've shoved it underneath like a bench. I've like mm. discarded it and. <laughs> and mom's realized that she goes where's the sandwich and I'm, i guiltily had to pull out this sandwich that i've discarded underneath the couch right in front of her um and i don't remember how she reacted but um i guess now i i wish i could have mom making my sandwiches for me <laughs> because it's still just veggie my sandwiches for <laughs> for adult man at work but i should have been more grateful of what i had at the time see life lessons can be derived from childhood memories wow i just wanted to talk about it because I have just some memories stick with you for life, and I don't know why. Yeah, but they're so, like, most of my early memories are, are sad. It's like my dog dying or me cutting my leg with a saw or right. once I pushed my brother into a form bush because he cheated at a game we were playing, mm. um, and dad, dad threw me into a pool. It's just... That's so interesting that those are the ones that stuck with you because I don't have that many... I have a couple, a few sad ones, but I also have a lot of just... Random ones? Like, yeah, discovery memories, discovering how the world works. No, I, I, yeah, I guess they're just the strongest memories to me. Mm-hmm. But even, like, if I go to, like, past relationships, it's the breakups that I can remember more so than the happy moments. It's so interesting. I'm the opposite. Oh, well, I'm glad. You're sitting here going, wow, so interesting. No wonder you're so weird. <laughs> No wonder you're so disturbed yeah. and demented. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> everything I have to draw on is is bad. Mm. Thanks for sharing. Anytime. Sosie, it's time for another of my famous geekly weekly, not so weekly sessions. Ready. Ready. They normally go so well for you. <laughs> but um we have something fun to discuss today. How familiar are you with Avatar? The blue alien. Ah, I knew it. I specifically left out the last <laughs> airbender because I knew you'd go that route. I set you up. Okay. No, Avatar the Last Airbender. Is this one and there's like a character that looks like a monk with a cross on its head? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the main character. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, cool. I, I've never watched it, but I'm across that it's it exists. Also on Netflix. Um, but it's uh it's a it's a very beloved show. And it's three seasons and it's it's essentially a kid show, but it's it's really good. You really stumbled over that. It's essentially a kid's show. It's not a kid's show. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but it's it, it's it's really good. Really well written characters, great character arcs. There's death, there's there's loss, there's heartache. Mm-hmm. It's good. Okay, I've seen it many times. They followed it up with a a series called The Legend of Korra, which isn't as good in my opinion. And that was it. That was it for Avatar until now. Not long ago, about a month ago, they announced that they're creating a whole studio to continue the Avatar universe, helmed by Michael and Brian, which are the original creators of Avatar. Mm-hmm. And it's basically amazing news. It's gone from nothing. Well, sorry, I lied. There was an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I think it's Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Let's look this up. Pause for time. Okay. M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. There was an awful M. Night movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Last Airbender, which is no joke, Z, possibly one of the, if not the worst movie I've ever seen. I had to watch it in two parts because I couldn't get through the whole thing. And this is coming from a fan of the series. So yes, it's worse than that, but it's a tough movie to get through, even if you're not a fan. Mm-hmm. And then there was a live action Netflix series of Avatar announced, which apparently they're working on. And then, and that's basically it. This live action Avatar has been hanging above our heads and people are just kind of praying that it's good, but it's it's probably not. Until now, they've announced the Avatarverse. Apparently, it's meant to be a, a movie coming out. And from then on, it's everything. Series, it's books, it's, it's whatever. There's an entire studio now dedicated to this, which is very exciting. What's the difference between this Avatarverse and just having Avatar stuff out there? But it's just like they've put together a studio specifically to make more Avatar content. And it's, and it's helmed by the, the original creators. So cool. it's their creative vision continued. And what aspect of this universe are you most looking forward to? I hope there's a continuation of the original series, or at least maybe them as they're older. So the concept of Avatar basically is that there's four nations, an Earth nation, Fire nation, Water nation, Wind nation, uh, Air nation, and Nomads. I feel like I've seen this already in Captain Planet. Is this Captain Planet? Just... No, it's not Captain Planet. <laughs> but, but actually, you're kind of close. Yeah. <laughs> Because the um the people from the four nations can bend a certain element, so the earthbenders can burn and mm, earth this and, is Captain Planet. And that I'm gonna kick you out of my <laughs> weekly geekly not so uh, weekly sessions if you keep this up. Truth hurts. So the Avatar is born of one of the four nations and they can control all four elements, much like Captain, Captain Planet. Planet. And when the Avatar dies, he's reincarnated in the next element. So Aang, who is the main character, the the monk with the arrow in his head. Uh-huh. He is an air nomad, and when he dies, the next avatar is a waterbender named Korra, which is the Legend of Korra, the follow-up series. So, essentially, there's all sorts of potential. There's heaps of past avatars they can look at. There's a book on one of the past avatars, so they can make that into an animated show. There's There's the heart. Heart avatar. And we're done. (laughs) Carry on, sorry. There's no heart avatar. Aang is the heart avatar, okay? The whole whole show is about the heart. (laughs) It's all about heart. See, that's the that's the most important element of all. Got it. Why don't we watch Captain Planet again? It's really bad. Well, have you rewatched it? Recently? I feel like I did on YouTube. Yeah, but it's like it's like nineties bad though. Yeah, nineties bad. Like Power Rangers. Yeah, really bad. Funny fact about the Power Rangers. Getting off the topic, mm-hmm. but did you know the original series of Power Rangers? Mm-hmm. All the action scenes were straight from the Japanese show. Right, so it was Japanese actors doing all the action scenes, and then and then the American actors had to basically just improvise a script, and they did all like the out of suit acting, and then they just cut it in with the Japanese people fighting. Another fun fact: in the original Japanese version, the Yellow Ranger is a guy. Mm-hmm. That's why the only Power Ranger that has a dress is the Pink Ranger, even though for American audiences, yellow is too girly a color, so they had to make her a girl as well. Mm. Fun facts. Fun facts of Matt. Very fun. Anyway, back to Avatar. Uh, it's very exciting. 
Yeah, I'm excited for you. Yeah, I bet. I'm looking yeah, forward no. to being bored of Avatar stories in the future. You haven't even seen it. <laughs> I can tell. Look, no, no, no. Everyone I've, everyone I've shown it to, introduced you to, has loved it. Even non-anime geek people? Even non-anime geek people. Okay. I'll give it a go. One day. I don't believe you. No, I will. I watched Hamilton. You did watch Hamilton. So one day, when I've got nothing else to do, nothing else to watch. It's on Netflix, yeah? It is on Netflix. Yeah, okay. Okay. Done. Deal. This has been a very successful episode. So, Matt, I was on a flight to Adelaide and thinking about how I've taken so many flights, but in my brain, I cannot fathom how this heavy plane with all these people and all these bags on it lifts off the ground into the air. And it's not just a fluke. They can force it to do that every time. It's not a fluke. Yeah. like (laughs) This isn't an accident. No. And I, I just can't. The, the physics don't make sense to me. I'm, I'm obviously not a science expert, but I should know how this works because I, I use it often, mm. but I have no idea. So that brings me to ask the question, what are things that you feel like you should know, but don't? Mm. Plenty. So one, one thing that always confuses me, yeah. and this is going to be an odd one, but it's as soon as you mentioned this topic, it's the first thing that came to mind. So do you know when you're driving yeah. and you've got your windows down and you mm. drive past a stationary car? Or a set of stationary cars. Mm. And you can hear the wind. The wind changes as you pass the cars. Yeah. Why? Why if I'm driving past a stationary car or a pole or something, does it affect the wind going through the window that I'm driving? Mm. I know what you mean. I I don't know the answer. answer. (laughs) Is it because the item is blocking the gust of wind going into your window, therefore creating some kind of friction? I mean, maybe, but I th- I imagine the wind would just come from like right outside the car, right, right into your window. It's I just I don't get it. And it it's even a thing. Of, it you know you don't have to be going that fast. I've never understood how a stationary object can affect that. Mm. I got more. You got you, you want more. Another yeah, one? I want more. Well, I've watched the movie The Theory of Everything, right? Yep. Somehow, they prove things about black holes and about constellations and about things. Using maths, using numbers and equations, they prove that a black hole is theoretical. Yes. And I know it's all theoretical physics, but I don't understand that. I don't understand how they can write a <laughs> they can write a PhD. In the movie, they're just like, go further, you're so close. And he's just, what, doing a few more maths problems. And then what? How does that prove anything? Yeah. If, the, if, this, if X equals Y, then this black hole is a thing. How does that even make sense? How do yeah. they know? How do they know it's not right or wrong? And how does someone disprove that or prove that? Yeah. It's just all, I just don't get it. Yeah. I understand these are geniuses and I'm not, but <laughs> there's... <laughs> Yet. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've got to go to... Yale or whatever the, mm. the movie set, but it's I've never understood how you can prove something theoretical which we can't even like properly see. You know, we just had the photo of, a, of of the first black hole we've ever photographed not long ago. It was like last year. Like we don't even really know what these things are, but somehow using mathematics, they've they've proved what a black hole. That's, I don't I don't get it. Mm. That's like me. How I feel about the internet. Like we use the internet every day, mm. but I don't understand how I can type something into Google and then. In half a millisecond, it returns everything that is stored in the internet somewhere in the cloud. I don't get. I don't get how the internet storage works. I think where yeah. is all the memory and all the knowledge, all the all the all the memory involved in every single website in the entire internet? Where yeah. is that stored? Because yeah. surely there's there's got to be a data bank. It's got to be a physical storage unit somewhere. <laughs> Someone explain these very simple <laughs> things to us. I don't. To be fair, I don't think they're very... We're talking about theoretical physics and, and, and the concept <laughs> of the internet. It's basic quantum physics. Why don't you get it? 
It's pretty. It's not that basic, but mm. okay, I, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. No. Okay, good. There's definitely things that even stuff like electricity. I don't know how electricity works. No. I know it's a charge generated by something. By I get you know static electricity. It's, yeah. You know, it's a positive and a negative, and but how does that make a light glow? How does that make like engine turn? You know, how do, how does an engine turn? I understand how a combustion engine works, like an engine in a car. But how does that make how does that make the car go? I understand how <laughs> I understand how a motor works. It's just literally turning a a thingy. But how does that how does that equal an entire car moving? Mm. And no, and that's another thing. I, I I don't know how cars work in general. So I've got no choice. But when I go to the mechanic and there's something wrong with it, I've got to just listen to what they say. Yeah, take their and word for take it. Take their word for it, and just hope for the best that they're gonna fix I'll all give my you problems. This Fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. To fix it. If I knew a little bit more, if I paid a bit more attention, then maybe I could do it myself. Yeah. But no, it's just one of those things I've never learned. Not that interested in learning. And then as a as a as a male, sometimes you're expected to know these things. I was at a petrol station once, and these girls approached me because the car wouldn't start. And what I do, I just walked over there, kind of popped the boot and goes, mm, yep, yeah, that's a, you know, it's an engine. I mean, anyway. That's... Anyway, you want to go to dinner sometime? <laughs> <laughs> there were two of them and they were both keen Ooh. to leave straight away. <laughs> that's, why we had to, that's why we had to get the car moving. Um, so these are all very like big, complicated things that you need to be really kind of educated about that topic to understand. But there are also things that I feel like I learned really late in life that I should have known. But for some reason, everyone learned this lesson except for me until I was in my mid-20s. For instance, mm. I was at work one time and at this workplace, there was a communal kitchen and they gave you free toast for breakfast, like toast and fruit and stuff. And I've had some bread in the toaster and it got stuck like on its way out. It okay. didn't come out fully. Sure. So I just like thought, oh, I'll just fish it out with a fork. So oh. <laughs> so I'm like, I get this fork and I'm like about to put it in the toaster. And then my colleague's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. And I'm like, what? What's wrong? And she told me like, I can't do that because apparently you get electrocuted. How, apparently. How, how did she... I, how, wait, how did she react to this? Which is just like, has no one ever told you not to stick a fork well, in a toaster? Well, no, I'll tell you. She knew that I was a little bit... She knew that I was lacking skill in the kitchen generally because uh-huh. of other incidents. Like, she had to teach me how to make tea. Someone, one of the bosses was like, oh, can you make tea for this client? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Because I didn't want to tell them I didn't know. I get up there. I'm like, how do you make tea? I've never done it Where's before. Where's the machine? Yeah. What do I do? How do I know how much milk to put in, etc. Anyway, so she knew I was... She was very gracious about it. She knew this is not my forte. Was this girl your age? Yeah. And she, but she just didn't, and I didn't realize, and everyone knew, everyone in this room knew not to put the fork in the toaster. Who told, who tells you that? Life experience. Uh, I just had never come across it's just, that. It's the one, it's the first thing parents tell kids. <laughs> no, miss that, miss that lesson. Miss that memo. Yeah. Is there anything that you learned late in life that you felt like, oh, everyone knew this except for me? Or is that just me? <laughs> I, I learned just the other day that canned fruits do have an expiry date. Okay. Because I was at home and I felt like some canned peaches and my peaches were old. And I looked it up and there is indeed an expiry date. It's not, I would assume that all food has an expiry date, really. It, this is like preserved peaches though. In like the apocalypse movies, it's what they eat. So I thought, well, it's going to be fine. Even honey, right? I tried to have a tea the other day myself and I'm learning myself how to make tea. Mm. And I tried to add some honey and my honey, it had expired in like 2016. Mm. And I'm like, I, I thought it. honey didn't expire. Really. Ah, exactly. I Googled it. I'm like, does honey expire? And I was like, no, it just goes hard and crystallizes. And I opened it up and I kind of mixed it and it was hard and crystal. I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm not interested in mm. finding out if this is still good or not. Speaking of, 
apocalypses. Isn't that what you said about the... Yeah, no, I yeah, okay. it just It's just quite the segue. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I saw this comedy show on the weekend. And sorry, this is really off topic. <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, I mean, we can wrap it up now, but tell me the story. Uh, okay, so basically this comedian had this joke about... Because of COVID, now we know how people really react in these apocalypse type situations. Uh, so so they, now, they take out a toilet paper. Yeah, so now when they make apocalypse movies, they're going to have to be more realistic about it based on what we now know. So instead of stocking up on canned goods and guns, we're all going to have to go to the supermarket and buy toilet paper. We're going to have to raid the public yeah. toilets for the toilet paper. <laughs> Do you know something else I didn't know? Mm. How, how television works. I watched a, a video um, from the Slow Mo Guys, the internet channel. Okay. And they talked about how a TV worked and they basically filmed um, the individual pixels of a TV in slow motion. And it, it did just basically just a, a, it's a color spectrum. So they change, you know, it's just a it's red, red, green, red and blue. green and blue light. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and they change depending on which color that pixel has to be. Right. And that's, but it does it obviously very, very quickly. Mm. And and the more sophisticated the TV, the higher the quality, the smaller these little pixels are. Mm. Amazing. Just basic stuff I never even thought about. Even this. <laughs> even this. How are we recording our voice on a computer? <laughs> how are we breathing? Are we? <laughs> oh, don't even get me. The human body even more mm, so. Yeah. It's nuts. Another day. Topic for another day. Yeah. This, we need a part two. Yeah. Of, of stuff we don't stuff know. We don't which know. is everything. Yeah. That can be, that can be a, a segment on every episode. Yeah. Thank you very much. That is it for today. Thank you for tuning in once again. We hope, hope you've enjoyed our company. I hope you found it acceptable. Bye-bye. See ya.